Hello, I'm Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. We're brought to you today by ZipRecruiter. I'll tell you about them here in a moment. But let's do a quick review of all of yesterday's action. There was some good stuff, of course. Um, where are we going to start? We got Falcons at Seahawks tonight. We had Titans at Steelers on Thursday. Scrolling down here, Lions edge out the Bears. And what turned out to be a really good game. And Let's go back a notch. For those of you that didn't listen Friday, and I didn't write them down as I went, but I think I nailed them, man. I think I had a really good handle on what was going to happen Sunday. And I you know, went to my, my bookie and I placed a couple bets that were looking you know obvious to me. And rarely does it look that way. But, I mean, I looked at the... I put money on the Bears plus three, which ended up pushing, as we just talked about. I looked at the Patriots, the Eagles, and the Chargers as easy bets. Like, what's Vegas thinking on these? And I was really right. So that was fun. Um, Bears and Lions played each other very solidly. Um, In a way, I kind of think they're close to equal teams, but Stafford. I mean, who's a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford right now? Besides Tom Brady. I mean, think about that. I mean... Who do you want starting on Sunday right this second over Matthew Stafford? I mean, I'm not saying he's number two, but he's very close to the top. Very close to the top. And that's what I said on Friday was, boy, I think Chicago might be able to run on them, as they did. Limit them to some degree. You know, kind of had some problems there in the second quarter. But Stafford scares me. Stafford is the not the great equalizer. He's the great put you over the edgerizer. And was he terrific in this game? He's pretty darn good. I mean, almost threw for three hundred yards. And I'm not saying he's the whole reason they won. Don't get me wrong. But they're now six and four. Difficult NFC. Of course, the Bears are done. They're three and seven. But in a way, I think the Bears' season has been a successful one. And Trubisky's moving along. They're actually asking things out of him. And I wanted to mention Adam Shaheen. He's a Pitt Johnstown alum like myself. Well, for you those who don't know, he played hoops at Pitt Johnstown, then he transferred to Ashland, and then he got drafted. But we have two two Pitt Johnstown people that played in the NFL, and he's the second one. I think he's coming along well, and uh, I would try to feature him more considering their lack of weapons, and Howard's good, their defense is good. I think Trubisky's rolling along. So I think the Bears are going in the right direction. I mean, is it a foregone conclusion that Fox should get fired up? I don't think so, but um, I could make a case either way on that one. The Lions are still in it, and I really do think it's on the back of Stafford, and I don't think they'll end up getting in the postseason because the NFC is so strong. Tonight's game will have something to do with that too, but um, uh, again, pretty successful season for them. Considering, I, I really think that the talent outside the quarterback position in Detroit isn't that great. Jags thought they could stumble in Cleveland. And for a while they did. At halftime, it was what? It was 10 7 at half. But Kaiser's overwhelmed. Um, Fournette got his 100 yards, but his ankle, I think, is constantly going to be a problem. Blake Bortles remains a big problem. Um, the Browns' D is respectable. Jags' D is special, is outstanding. And going a road, bad weather. I mean, I, I think that that's. Something to be said for that. You know, I thought that this could be a spot where the Browns snuck one out. Um, it was good to see Corey Coleman back in there. He ended up with 80 yards. I just saw that. 
Uh, I'm a fan. I hope we see more of him, and I hope he emerges out of his shell and gets to be a, a legit guy for Kaiser the rest of the way and for whomever for the rest of his career and actually stays on the field. Um, Bortles was exposed for what he is, which is a not good enough quarterback, but their D is really good, and we know who this team is. Um, Got to be impressed with the Jags to get this one, even though this wasn't their best day. All right. Told you, ZipRecruiter is here and is bringing you our podcast today, the Locked On NFL Podcast. So I want to tell you about them a little bit. Um, are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? I always talk about, I always use the example of when I was the recruiting assistant, you know, recruit, recruit, at Pitt, that the, it would have been great to have something even in the realm of a zip recruiter. We're looking for a corner that's over 5'10 from these areas that maybe could be a returner. Boom, you put it in the system, you give it to ZipRecruiter, and here's six names. Go watch these tapes, as opposed to spending the countless hours I did watching guys who aren't good enough. But with ZipRecruiter, you can post your jobs to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter gets a quality candidate through the site in just one day. There's no juggling or emails or calls or wasted times to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by all businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, all you guys can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. I'm totally free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-N-F-L, as in Locked On NFL. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-N-F-L. One more time for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-N-F-L. All right, let's get back at it. And I didn't. this was one game I didn't have a great feel for, but it was an impressive win by the Ravens. Third shutout of the year. They're now 5-5 five and five with a really easy schedule. Um, along those lines, I just turned in an article to fansided.com. Uh, I'll be writing just one article for them every other week. They're talking about the Titans, the Ravens, and the Chargers of fringe or going to the playoffs, AFC teams. Um, so I went in depth here with the Ravens in that article. I urge you to check it out. But their defense is really, really good. And... Honestly, this is exactly who I thought they were when the season started. How many times did I tell you, Chargers need to win 13-7, that their defense is excellent, special teams is excellent, offense is absolutely amongst the worst in the league, and if it wasn't for a great play by Mike Wallace, they really would have had very little offense. Uh, They did run the ball a little, but Hundley played a bad game. I mean, holding the ball... I thought we were going to see a little more from him. Devontae Adams had a nice day, but other than that, they struggled. A lot of pressure. Not all on Hundley, that's for sure. Again, they played played against a really good defense that has a lot of emerging stars um, that are are stepping up now that aren't household names. But even like Terrell Suggs is still going strong. And Eric Weddle, their older dudes, have not fallen off a cliff at all. And again, I think they're probably, I mean, they could lose to anybody. But 
I think they have a chance to be the best chance to be that six seed. And right now, if it ended now, they would be the six seed. But their schedule is so easy that if they go 500, I mean, they only really have to win four more games. And if the schedule sets up that they should do that, I think the Ravens are going to be the six seed with really one of the worst offenses in the league. Ugly. Packers are bad. I think they're officially bad. And I, I'm sure when the time Aaron Rodgers is back, it'll be time to not even put him out there. So, speaking of quarterbacks, I guess there's a controversy in Tampa and in Miami. <laughs> Tampa wins this game 30-20. Remember, they were supposed to play week one, but the hurricane derailed that. Um, Matt Moore came in and did okay. And Fitzpatrick has been better. And I think it'd be crazy to stick with Fitzpatrick at four and six. Um, but he hasn't been horrible. Hasn't killed the team. How about Kenny Stills going crazy in this game, too? Um, I got to say, this wasn't a game that I've watched a ton of or paid a lot of attention to. Um, I tend to think both these teams are underwhelming and worse than we thought. But I also think it's important to note that the Bucks and the Giants, they were the two teams everyone said, they've cashed it in, you know, that their coach is done, they're, they, they're done playing, they quit. Well, they're back to playing pretty decent, you know. So something to take away from with the Bucks. Rams go into Minnesota, and I don't want to say they laid an egg, but they got beat. I mean, they started strong, but that's a well-coached team, tough environment, really good defense, did a really good job of limiting Gurley and eliminating the big plays, were really good on third downs, talking about the Vikings D here, um, ran the ball enough, Thielen has another big day. Keenum has another day that I hope will tell people that Teddy Bridgewater needs to stay out of the lineup and just stick with this guy. Um, but I look at it from the Rams as, yeah, that's a tough afternoon. However, they have a really tough schedule the rest of the way. So you wonder if you look back at the year and say, boy, the second half of the season for the Rams was not as good as the first. Well, it could be quality opponent, and it could start with this one. But I also think that a young team, a young coach, a young quarterback should look at this game and be like, Okay, that's what a playoff game's like. You know, that we're going to go to the playoffs and we're going to have to play games like this, possibly on the road, you know, some point on the road. And that's kind of what we should expect is that's a quality of opponent. That's the level we need to be at. It might be a very good learning experience. And I think McVay's a good enough coach, smart enough at this young age to use it that way. And it could be a growing experience for the Rams. But the Vikes are strong, man. They have two losses. They're, they're a powerhouse. They're in, they very well could have a bye. There could be a lot of teams playing in Minnesota. And could Minnesota play in Minnesota for the Super Bowl? How cool would that be? I don't know if they can get that far, but, man, they're playing well. They're going to have to get by the Saints to get that far. Saints 34, Skins 31. Breeze comes... Breeze is back. You know, not that he ever went away. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he's... Been awesome, just has not had to throw a ton, but throws for almost 400 in this one. I hate to say it, but the Redskins are done. It's been a pretty good year. They've dealt with a lot of injuries. They've dealt with a lot of things, but they needed this win. Didn't get it. Played them to the wire, um, but the Saints were too much at home, and they're really good. I mean, they just are. They're 8-2. and two. Ingram with another huge day. Kamara with a crazy play where he juggles it and grabs it out of the air and takes it in. I uh, got Kobe Fleener involved. That's been something that hasn't been true for them for a while. 
Saints are legit for sure, and especially at home. You know, you look at teams like Minnesota and New Orleans. Those are tough places to walk into in the postseason. I mentioned laying an egg earlier. Kansas City off a bye. We know Andy Reid never loses those games. Goes in and loses the Giants 12-9. And this is something I wanted to bring up earlier because it affects... It affects the Steelers, which you know how much of work I've been doing with the Steeler Nation Radio. That remember when the Steelers really, really struggled in Indy? It was after their bye, and I started doing a little more homework. That this year, and I started asking a lot of people about it since then. Buys have not been teams' friends as much as they have been in years past. That a lot of teams, and I hate the term "rusty," "flat," all those ones get thrown around way too much in this business. But a lot of teams have come out of the bye, even like the Eagles last night to start the start the game. And they come out slow after the bye. And I've talked to players, former players, and what I'm the conclusion I'm coming to or leaning towards is that because the collective bargaining agreement doesn't allow you to do all that much practicing, that there's a good stretch there during that bye where you're not working on technique hardly at all, that you're not really doing much football things. You know, you're letting some younger players play and you're getting the backup quarterback some reps, but everyone's resting. But the studs are not on top of their technique. You get a smidge, smidge, smidge out of shape. You know, like, you don't stay as fresh. And, yeah, your body's happy about the bye and your bumps and bruises start to go away a little more. But you've seen it a lot this year, and I wonder if some—I'm sure somebody has done a study, but I wonder what the records are when the season's said and done of teams out of their bye. I bet it's not as good as usual. It's not to excuse the Chiefs, though. And it is to give a pat on the back to the Giants. The Giants played hard in this game. I thought their defense played like we should expect. I also wonder, starting with the Steeler win over the Chiefs, if people are starting to figure out Kansas City's offense, that... It's a little gimmicky, you know, it's a lot of misdirection. Smith handles it well, but if you make him be an NFL quarterback and drive the ball and make tough throws, that isn't who he is. And they need to get Hunt back on track. Uh, Kelsey had a nice day, but the Chiefs D has been a problem since day one, and they got away with it early in the year. Fortunately for them, they have a pretty very easy schedule the rest of the way. So maybe this is a slap in the face and a wake-up call. They're at 6-4. and four. They probably have the division wrapped up. They have a two-game lead. But I, part, the part of that article I told you about, I said the Chargers are the best team in the West right now. I mean, I think they're the best team in the West. Not doesn't mean that they should be the one seed or, you know, but they're... But the Giants played well. Um, didn't get anything from Engram. Shepard wasn't available. Got a migraine right before. I'm like, oh, man, where's the offense going to come from? And... They got enough. I mean, it wasn't a beautiful game, but the the defense for the Giants, I think, is the story here. And it's cer- certainly time to be worried about the Chiefs. But luckily for them, they have a buy, or they have an easy schedule, and that should be helpful. Another game I did not see a lot of, kind of on purpose, was Texans thirty one, Cardinals twenty one. Both these teams are four and six, not going anywhere. But I thought the Cardinals would get a win here, based you know with a lot of Peterson. Didn't really happen that way. But Foreman and Miller combined for nice days. And I liked what I saw from Foreman. 
He scores a touchdown and has a gruesome injury, though, on the same play in the end zone. Like, I'm like, you know, that was nasty to see. I think it's worth saying that Blaine Gabbert probably should be the starter from here on out. Not that I love Blaine Gabbert or, you know, that he's the answer for years to come. But I'd like to see five more games of him or whatever and see if he's getting back to sort of where we think he could, you know, I'm having a hard time convincing myself of that. But at least he's a little more upside than Drew Stanton. I thought he played well from what I saw. Um, my man Larry passed Tony Gonzalez on the all-time list. He had nine catches for 91 yards and a touchdown. I think he's now fifth all-time on the receiving list. Congrats to my man. Um, I still think if he had had a, a better quarterback during his prime years, he'd be higher on that list. But um, speaking of all-time lists, Philip Rivers has been somebody I have defended for quite some time now. And I think the rumors of his demise, unlike Ben and Eli, have been exaggerated. Rivers has played really well these last six weeks or so. I think he only has two interceptions. Uh, that was been a huge problem for him, is trying to do too much, maybe a little diminished arm strength. But he's playing really well, and that trifecta of Rivers, Allen, Gordon is a, is a true triplets, you know, and you mix in Hunter Henry and maybe Mike Williams um, and some depth guys too, and a little bit better defensive offensive line. And that offense is pretty legit. Um, their defense is really good, led by Bosa and Ingram. And Casey Hayward, he's a really good player too. I mean, this is a good football team. This is a team I'm rooting for to get in the playoffs over Baltimore. I just think that they could get there and make noise. Um, three really tight losses to start the season has crippled this team. The Bills are done. I mean, nobody gives it up, but Peterman with five, touch, five interceptions in the first half. I mean, not all were his fault. But, wow, was he overmatched against a good D. Brian Taylor and, oh, he moves the ball a little bit more. I mean, no kidding. I mean, he's a much better player than Nate Peterman and probably ever will be. I mean, curious decision from the start. What do you do from here? I don't know. If you want to win games, Taylor gives you a better chance. I have questions if that's really their best intentions for the organization or what they're really trying to do. Are they really wanting to rack up games and sneak in the playoffs and get blown out in week one in Kansas City or something? Probably not. Um, Chargers with dominant performance. The Bills now are amongst the worst teams in the league and are just hemorrhaging points. Their defense is garbage. All right. The Bengals sneak one out in Denver. Still keep thinking Joe Mixon's going to get going a little bit, but their line's really poor. And the Broncos' D is good. I mean, it's not as bad as we saw the last two weeks, and that's not a surprise. Osweiler's played okay. I mean, boy, I'm not a fan. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he is not the answer by any means. But he hasn't been terrible the last two weeks, and just not a lot here. I mean, again, this was a game I didn't concentrate on a lot. There was some other good stuff going on, but it would end up being the best game of the 4 o'clock slate. Went down to the wire. Cincinnati got one. Turnover was a big deal. Um, Demarius Thomas was a good, you know, uh, did well, as did A.J. Green. Um, two teams kind of going nowhere. The Bengals are 4-6. and six. The Broncos are 3-7. and seven. Long-term questions. Denver just fires their offensive coordinator a couple minutes ago. I'm going to write an article for the score about that, what's gone wrong on offense for Denver, and 
I just got the assignment like a couple minutes ago, and I'm thinking, well, what's gone right for Denver's offense? <laughs> you know, I mean, what? Uh, everything's gone wrong. Uh, they're the talent, the scheme, the quarterback, I mean, uh, offensive line, uh, everything's wrong. But strangely, though, I mean, McCoy gets let go. I'm not sure that solves anything or let's blame him. But if, when I delve more into this offense, I'll have a better opinion on that. I have a pretty strong opinion that the Patriots are good. And like I said, they were given seven, I think, to the Raiders, and they're a much better team than the Raiders. And the Patriots are back. They have two losses. Brady was awesome. Cooks, Deion Lewis, Burkhead, Gronk, spreading the ball around, attacking a bad defense any way they want, making them play left-handed. Lynch was actually decent, but, you know, Carr has been highly disappointing this year. Um, I can't blame the injuries anymore. I do blame the scheme a little. I also think he was a somewhat of an overrated player coming into this year. You know, like you put Carr against Stafford. I mean, they're not even close. I mean, and everyone in the world would have taken Carr over Stafford. Not me, but coming into the year, um, Stafford's a far better player. I'm not sure why I picked Stafford out of, off the top of my head. But, I mean, honestly, Rivers is a better player right this minute than Carr. Um, not that he's going to be done, or that they shouldn't have paid him. I mean, I think he's got a bright future, but I just don't think he's as close to being there as many thought. Meanwhile, Carson Wentz is, I mean, way better than Carr, obviously. Was dominant. You probably saw this game. Cowboys, everyone's saying, boy, Dak stinks. Bad two games. He can't elevate those around him when he doesn't have the studs around him. I don't think that's true. I don't. I question Dallas's coaching a little bit, but we know that defense is okay or good with Sean Lee and bad without him. He was out. I think Tyron Smith's the best offensive lineman, let alone left tackle in the league. Out. No Zeke. That's a problem. The rest of that offense is mediocre, and Dak did not play well. I'm not defending him in that way. Um, I thought the Atlanta game a week ago, he was just under siege and didn't have an opportunity to play well. Last night, he certainly was under siege some, but it was more on him. I thought he played a very bad game. And Wentz looked great, and they're attacking you with multiple backs, and their defense is causing big plays left and right, and scoring, and interceptions, and sacks. And Eagles are 9-1. and one. Cowboys, I think, are officially done now at 5-5. Five and five. Um, Again, but I kind of saw that coming. I mean, that, that's where these teams are right now, especially with the Cowboys injury situation. And... Bunch of Eagles fans were like, hey, we could use Jason Peters too. Yeah, yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, I'm not defending the Cowboys or saying they're the most injured team in the league or nobody else has these problems. But the three guys that were out are pretty big deal. Um, I still would take the Eagles to win with those three, though. I think the Eagles are a much better team and own that division right now. So that's a wrap. Uh, this week's going to be strange. I put it out on Twitter. Tomorrow we're going to have Mike Renner. Usually that's Wednesday. Uh, so him and I will chat tomorrow. Wednesday, we'll preview all three Thanksgiving games. Thursday, I'm going to eat turkey and drink wine and watch football. Um, Friday, we will review, so there won't be a podcast Thursday, needless to say. Friday, I'm going to review the Thanksgiving games, and we will do the picks as usual. So, four shows this week, no power ranks. Um, That's a wrap. See you.